This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, I'm Stephen Grosowski, Communications Manager at RMA. There's no denying that the COVID-19 pandemic is accelerating digital transformation across all industries, including the financial services industry, where closed branches, heightened cybersecurity risks, and other factors are prompting institutions to bolster their digital capabilities across their entire organization. Today, I'm joined by Suraj Nekram, co-founder, president, and CEO at Impensive. Suraj recently conducted an RMA risk readiness webinar sponsored by Impensive titled COVID-19 Accelerating Digital Transformation, where he outlined what banks need to consider as they pursue their own transformation journeys. Suraj, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Steve. So Suraj, do you have a disciplined test and learn approach such as an agile funding model which is a common technique used by banks for significant overall investments and supports general risk hygiene, so to speak? Yeah, it's a great question. So, uh, Steve, we highly recommend an agile approach to digital transformation. We're seeing this being adopted more and more across our customer base. Simply put, it's the startup lean approach. You see fund the early stages of the project, and once the initiative meets key milestones, it continues and continues to look promising, you continue to fund it. Funding can be in several stages, particularly for large and complex initiatives. A common practice is to set aside the entire budget for the project and release funds based on milestones. This provides confidence to the team that the project has the appropriate funding overall, but also lets them know that if the project is not meeting its goals or milestones, funds can be easily diverted to other initiatives. This agile approach is becoming more and more common and it's also proven to be very successful. Do you have mechanisms to challenge ideas? In other words, how do you determine and ensure ORI by assessing projects and overall program roll-ups at the portfolio level? Yeah, so ROI is uh, is a key metric, but not the only metric. First of all, we help ensure that there's a standard methodology for calculating ROI, and key assumptions are the same across the company. Having a system that's designed to manage this process reduces potential errors and mistakes. When comparing ideas, we look at several factors beyond ROI. We develop a strategic value versus ability to execute assessment. For strategic value, we have a questionnaire bank that asks questions relating to the business impact, such as customer value and impact to revenue. Once the questions are completed, the system calculates the strategic value score. Similarly, we capture data relating to ability to execute or risk assessment. We look at resource constraints, technology limitations, and other risk-related data points. The system then calculates an ability to execute score. Mapping strategic value against uh, ability to execute is a matrix that we provide that depicts the level of value that initiative is adding, as well as the ability to execute against that initiative. With this approach, uh, we can then select ideas with the highest strategic value, greatest ability to execute, and develop a portfolio matrix uh, that's now appropriate for the organization. This becomes an objective way and approach to vet ideas and creating a diversified portfolio matrix. We also use strategic alignment by mapping every idea to strategy. This allows us to quickly view strategic alignment and identify strategies that are either overfunded or underfunded. For overfunded initiatives, we can then go back and evaluate the initiatives that's supporting that strategy, and again, rebalance the portfolio overall if needed. Suraj, with regard to uh, governance of an overall project, 
how do you incorporate regulatory compliance with regard to trading, uh, CRA, and or fair lending in the credit space? And how do you think your process helps organizations reduce risks such as operational, strategic, and transformation? Yeah, so Steve, this goes back to categorization and initiative alignment. Once the guidelines are identified and set up for, let's say, fair lending or CRA in our system, all initiatives are measured against these guidelines and are aligned appropriately. It could be one to many. In other words, an initiative can be aligned to both CRA and fair lending. This provides a view on the level of investment being made to support each regulatory category. It can also highlight underinvestment, which can identify red flags for noncompliance. This is typically managed on spreadsheets, internal databases, and it's, it's really a disparate process, having a unified solution that brings all the data together and provide real-time analysis is incredibly helpful. Similarly, this can also be done for operational and transformation risk assessments. Do you have any thoughts on best practices for coordinating a portfolio of initiatives? Sure. So developing and coordinating initiatives at the individual BU level is fairly straightforward. Uh, this becomes more complex when trying to develop portfolios at the company-wide level. Let's say, for example, you're creating a portfolio for digital transformation. Chances are there are already digital transformation initiatives underway, not only in technology, but across individual BUs as well. The goal is to be able to capture all of the digital transformation-related initiatives across the entire company and pull them together into a digital transformation portfolio. What our system does is create a hierarchy for every initiative, from initiative to program to portfolio. When an initiative is created, it's then aligned to a program than a portfolio. This alignment allows for company-wide portfolio analysis and accurate data capture. If you set this up right in the onset, it becomes very easy to manage over time. Coordination across business lines and shared services groups are key, and I would recommend a centralized process with a centralized governance and coordination team. So, Siraj, since your experience is at institutions that are more complex than others, where should a bank in the current environment start with digital transformation? Setup of the process is, is fairly simple. So similar to what I mentioned in my last response, the first step is to, to define what a digital transformation initiative is and what are the goals of the digital transformation program. Once there's consensus on both, you can then evaluate current initiatives underway and give them the digital transformation test. Chances are you may already be halfway on the path to meeting your digital transformation goals as a result of current initiatives underway. After capturing all of the existing digital transformation initiatives and grouping them into a portfolio, you need to evaluate new initiatives that will be added to the portfolio that are aligned with your budget requirements and overall goals. Building a portfolio is one step. The next step is developing a process for managing the portfolio over time and tracking results to ensure that the intended outcomes are being reached. This process is called benefits realization. Another positive effect of benefits realization is that it usually drives accountability. What are internal barriers that, that typically block uh, the path to transformation? So the most significant barrier is the lack of executive buy-in. I've seen this time and time again across uh, multiple industries and verticals. Transformation just by definition requires change. People instinctively reject change. This is exhibited across roles, up and down the management hierarchy. You need leadership to step up and support transformation every step of the way. This usually means frequent communications from senior management about the goals of the initiative, its importance to the organization, and rally the teams to work together. They also can help in removing common roadblocks 
creating a path for transformation leaders to quickly unjam roadblocks when they occur, and appropriating sufficient funding to ensure success. Another key metric here is being able to set aside the appropriate level of budget and have an all-in approach to funding transformation. All of these things will help instill a level of urgency to all involved and to ultimately get the job done. So Siraj, uh, to wrap up, what is the culture needed for digital transformation? Yes, I love this question because I think it's incredibly important. Uh, the most important cultural change is embracing change itself. So giving up the status quo and embracing the new. For example, Blockbuster didn't embrace change. They thought the old way of doing business was working fine. Why change it? Netflix came along and essentially ate their lunch and completely put them out of business. Netflix continued to drive innovation and transformation internally by transforming their own business and leading the video streaming industry. The point here is evolution is necessary to not only survive, but to thrive. Companies that think business as usual is good enough will eventually join the likes of Blockbuster. A culture that embraces change as a way of sustainability and competitiveness is absolutely necessary for adopting and executing digital transformation. Siraj, great discussion. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much, Steve.